Hello, and welcome to I Love You, But I Hate Your Politics, the podcast that shows you how to survive and to thrive despite political fights with the people you love the most. I'm Dr. Ginny Safer. This week, we'll meet Carlos and Nancy. Learning from experience makes a big difference if you're open to it. For both Carlos and Nancy, their past experiences directly inform how they see the world politically. And those experiences clashed in some unexpected ways on election night 2016. I'll speak directly with Carlos and Nancy a little later. For now, they'll tell you their story. My name is Carlos Sosa. I am one of the last dying breeds, a true New Yorker. I'm a restaurant manager, first generation American. My parents came here from Dominican Republic. I am Nancy Woods' husband. My name is Nancy Woods. I am a real estate agent in New York City. We've been married since uh, September 2015, September 14, 2015, honey. Pride and joy of my life. I am a former stalwart Democrat, and now I am a deep undercover Republican in New York City. Well, I'm a registered Democrat. I would not say I'm a liberal. I don't see myself as a liberal, but I want to I want to be neutral. I want to be moderate. So it seems to me that it always seems fashionable to be more progressive, and I think people take it out of whack. There are a handful of Republicans that I know. Most of them in the restaurant business because of the business that they're in. They prefer not to really say much at all. We talk amongst ourselves. I want to be able to understand where people are coming from so I can have a calm, considerate conversation and try and work on some kind of understanding or at least have some kind of discourse that's not pointing fingers and yelling. As a professional ballerina for several years in my early 20s. It's beautiful, but it's torturous. If you become too curvy, then you're not going to make it as a dancer and you've trained your whole life. And I just saw how that kind of singling people out in front of the whole class can create all kinds of problems. I had a really bad injury. In my early 20s, I, after dancing professionally from the age of 14, I moved on and I came to New York. It was really, really hard to transition out of that world. I didn't really have the opportunity to take a job that interests me, and so I got a job working for a one percenter. really difficult person that was like a screamer and just a 
horrible person that just was just awful. It was just really bad, and it was six years of it. And never taking a day off, ever. Never even taking a sick day. Never having a Christmas, holidays, it was constant. I've always been a strong person, and I was not. After it's been three years now, and it's just, it's hard to ever imagine that world that I was in. I felt like a caged animal, like the lowest point of my life. I was born in the South Bronx. Mother and father didn't get along. My mother took us one day, packed us th things up, took us right out of the house. We moved to Corona, Queens. I moved there in 75. When I first got there, it was mostly a Dominican community. Very hardworking people, honest people. Then you could say mid to late 80s, the drugs moved in. It wasn't a very safe place. You got poor people, economy. You could understand when people wanted to make fast money. I was blessed. I had stern discipline. Didn't have to take that route. The ones that were doing that, I don't know where they are right now. Nor do I care. I had a, a brother who passed away. Him and I were two different people. He suffered consequences for being that kind of person. I'm still here. I grew up as a Democrat. Things came to a head for me maybe around uh, 2001, 2002, and I just decided that I had enough. I was in my early 20s. I made $19,000 in one year, and the city government had the audacity to tell me that I made too much money and I couldn't get aid. I had to pay rent, had to buy food, had to put shoes on these dogs that are my main source of income, staying on my feet all day. I needed to get loans to put myself further in debt and in a hole. And for them to tell me that I made too much money when they're supposed to be my champions, I found it unacceptable. And I, I, went, I went rogue and I went to the right. And I'll use this terminology, so I think it's the best way to describe it. For me, as an inner city kid, I think the Democratic parties act like a bunch of drug dealers. They get you hooked on aid, and all they keep telling you is, Republicans are gonna take this away. They're gonna take it away from you. They're gonna take it away from you. And I don't think they've been trying to take it away. I just think they wanna revamp it so the right people get the right amount of aid. Um, I like people to be frank. I like people to speak the truth. I voted for Trump. Right now, from coast to coast, across presidential battlegrounds, it's all coming down to this night and this choice. Tonight, voters get the last word in the election of a lifetime. I was wearing my suit, <laughs> my pantsuit. Trump just lost Florida, and my wife patted me on the back and said it's going to be okay and thought everything was going okay. And then my girlfriend in Canada called me 
she's black, she's originally from Jamaica, and she was like, you're all racist, you're all racist. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, he, he won, he won, and it was, and our coverage was showing that she won, and I'm like, no, no, she's gonna, no, she's winning, she's gonna pull through, and she's like, no, she's, she lost. And all of a sudden, breaking news, and I see this wolf blitzer on with his glasses, and he's like. And CNN projects Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. With its 29 electoral votes, Donald Trump wins Florida. A huge win for Donald Trump. That's his second And the supportive hand that patted me on my back started bawling her eyes out. Right now, a historic moment. Uh, we can now project the winner of the presidential race, CNN projects. Donald Trump wins the presidency. The business tycoon and TV personality capping his improbable political journey with an astounding... I remember going out and buying a pack of cigarettes and smoking like half of them. And, and I opened a bottle of wine. I think I drank a whole entire bottle of wine and I was so depressed and I was crying hysterically. It brought me back to working in an office with all men that have zero respect for women, that have a lot of power and a lot of money and treat women horribly. It brought me back to a very unsafe place in my life. It was traumatic for me. It brought back all these bad memories from my past. But maybe I was a bit insensitive, but I was like, why are you crying? Stop crying. She, she was really upset. And I was like, I, I put up for shit like this for eight years. He flipped out and I, like, he reacted and it, he was yelling. I felt like I was then even more under attack. And then, you know, you know, he's a misogynist and, you know, you know, what he, how he treats women. And he was just telling me to stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Like, I think he thought I was crazy, but I just don't think he understood how I felt. It was difficult. Like, it was, it was very disturbing. Because she told me, you, you know, how do you want a man like that who treats women? Your, it could be your, it could be, it could have been me. It could be your daughter. It could be your, your sister, your family. And I just said to her, I said, well, why would you vote for Hillary Clinton? She's an enabler all this time, and who knows? We don't know that. So why would we I know that he, that he had to settle with all the time? And so why would I support if he actually raped Juanita Broderick all this time? He had to settle with Paula Jones. We know that he lost that case. I that was the last thing I needed to hear. So it was awful. It was just one of the worst nights ever. It was awful. We'll be right back with Carlos and Nancy after this. Carlos and Nancy joined me in my office more than a year after that fateful election night. They were happy to relive their experience, openly discussing just how they progressed after such an ugly, emotional clash. Their frankness impressed me. It demonstrated that they understood their own contributions to the fight and how each of them affected the other. 
Well, so I could see what the situation was. Here, Nancy's feeling like exactly the kind of guy that she worked with is now going to be president. And you're thinking, well, I couldn't vote for this woman because she put men like that in power. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have a real difference of opinion. Took me a long time to get over that. I bet. Longer than I think Carlos was aware. I really internalized it. And but I felt it. Of course. And when I asked her, she, you know. I denied it. She denied it, but I, I knew it. I didn't want to have a fight. Yeah. And fortunately, I was able to get over it. Um, Fortunate for me, she was able to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it, took a long, it took a long time, though. Yes, Nancy got over that night, and their relationship emerged intact. But that was when the real work started for the two of them, both individually and together. After all, at this point, they had been married for a year, and they'd been dating for years before that. Their political differences had never gotten in the way of the relationship before this election night. Now they had to find a way to manage this massive difference of opinion so they could deal with it in the future together, because it will come up again. I learned a lot of things that night. Sometimes you just have to let things go and let things Mm. happen, because sometimes an explanation could just make things more more difficult. Um, It can be misinterpreted, and the explanation itself can sound like a justification of something. And, um, you know, there's two sides to a story. For me, I didn't feel like I yelled at her to stop crying. I know that I have a very strong delivery in my voice. And uh, it could be very commanding, but I don't, I, I, did, I, did, I didn't see myself as yelling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, particularly when somebody's sensitive. Right, exactly, in, in this exactly. And, and my wife is sensitive to certain things. Of course. And um, you know, she was sensitive to that. Over time, Carlos realized something else. One reason he felt so free to express himself in that situation was Nancy herself. I understand why you voted for who you voted for. You know, but just for me, it was like, I I have my reasons too. And my reasons are just as important as anybody else's reasons. I'm human too. I have a right. I guess it's it's a defense mechanism because being conservative in New York... It's not something that you can really talk about to anyone else. I don't have the circles that mm-hmm. some people may have. I don't mm-hmm. have that. I'm surrounded by people whose uh, ideologies or beliefs politically are, are different than mine. Really? Nancy helped me bring that into light. And I feel very, I, I feel comfortable and not embarrassed to talk about it. I would, I would die for her. I would never let anything happen to her. I'm not one of these like Christian fanatics, but I do believe in God and I believe God dropped her on my lap. And uh, she's the, the biggest gift that I can ever be given. What Carlos was describing is an attuned, profoundly reciprocal relationship. A relationship where differences don't separate two people, but bring them closer and make them stronger and more sensitive. Every couple has radical differences in some area of their lives. Carlos and Nancy's happens to be in politics. I actually feel fortunate in a way. I don't agree with Carlos's politics, 
but I respect him and I respect, you know, his, his choices. And I know that he's a good, good person and he would cut his arm off for you. And I, I'm appreciative of the fact that he's made, he's opened my mind. I, I, you know, I have these friends that just stare down their nose at him and they're, you know, they're from a background that's so privileged compared to his. They'll never understand what it was like to grow up the way he did. And they just think they're better than him, not for that reason, but they just, for their politics. And, you know, they may not have the same politics if they grew up the way he did. And, like, they're not willing to be open-minded. And mm-hmm. he has opened my mind, and I, I love him for that. Like, I, you know, I just, I feel like I'm a better person and I'm a kinder person just because of him. Now, what you're saying is that empathy for his situation has really been a big part of your love for each other and his for you. And the fact that you voted for different people ultimately doesn't matter. Mm-mm. No. And that is the key breakthrough here. Who you vote for and who you love are two separate things. Carlos put it passionately at dinner one night. I love my wife more than I love my country. That's really saying something. And Nancy had actually said something quite similar to me. So they're on the same page. They just weren't going to discuss politics. So you made a conscious decision that you weren't going there again. How have you done? I think we've done great. I think we've done pretty good. I think you're better than me. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Carlos, what I do you mean? I have to say I am. Um, uh, when you when you love someone and you pay attention, you pay attention to every little single quirk that they may have. I know when Nancy's getting upset, she talks through her teeth, and she'll smile at me, but she talks through her teeth. And yep, I know this is the stuff you learn. Yeah, I know that's the signal. Like, all right, bro, back off, fall back, retreat, you know, run for the hills. But you're also listening to it and observing it and honoring it. Yes, yes. Of course, just because the agreement is simple doesn't mean it's easy to follow. Maybe since the election, maybe two times, maybe, that I've looked at her and I said, okay, we're not talking about this. <laughs> How about you, Nancy? What do you think? I, maybe I've said it 20 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is pretty good. He definitely brings it up and tries to have a conversation and I just, I don't want to go back to that place. And he doesn't, even though he would prefer to mix it up. Because he knows that this is taboo for you. That this is actually, you know, what we call psychologically traumatic for you. you know, having had an experience of working in a dreadful environment where it didn't feel safe to be a woman yeah. um, is a different kind of thing. And I think it sounds to me, Carlos, as though you, you saw that. Now, this may not be the right course of action for every couple, but in Carlos and Nancy's case, it works. You don't always have to talk about everything, and sometimes you shouldn't. You know where it goes. It's too bruising, too tiring, 
and chances are you have much better things to do with your love. That, of course, places the burden of political discussion on others in your life. But even that may be temporary. Do you each have different people in your lives that you can talk about politics Definitely. With? I not as much. I definitely do. Okay. And when Carlos was a George W. supporter and I was not, we talked about him and his politics yeah. freely. So this is a without, unique situation. This is a unique situation. This is, I can't, and I refuse to accept this person as my president. I just, this is, I can't, I just well, can't. This is, I you're can't not unique there. in this. I mean, this. It seems like I this election there. really was so much more polarizing yes. than any has ever been. I, I do look forward to the day, though, when we can talk about politics. <laughs> I do. The time will come for both of you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> and I look forward to it. I Love You But I Hate Your Politics is produced by Alex Abnos with editing help from Katie Ferguson and Becky Celestina. The senior editor for Macmillan Podcasts is Alyssa Martino. My new book with the same title will be published in spring 2019 by All Points Books. There you'll find more on Carlos and Nancy and meet many other people as well, couples, families, and friends who are struggling to keep their love alive despite serious political differences. If you have friends whose political fights are tearing them apart, do them a favor and tell them about I Love You But I Hate Your Politics podcast. Listening to it could save their relationships. And please let other people know about us, too. If you have more thoughts about the show that you'd like to share or have a political disagreement of your own you'd like to talk about, email us at podcasts at macmillan.com. You're dealing with a man who, in every other way, is supporting you mm -hmm. and backing you up and admiring you and all mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And we should never leave that out. Mm -hmm. she make a better president than any... She could run this... She, I, I feel like she, she could... Given her, give her four years of political science, she'd run this country. <laughs> political science. <laughs>